بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين وبعد so let's have a quick recap of our previous lesson everybody remember what we covered last lesson Are you here Abdullah Abdul Ghani you here last lesson huh But prior to that, we were discussing about how there's two types of love. So one love we discussed in the lesson prior to that, which is the beneficial form of love. That is loving Allah with all your heart. The second type of love is the harmful type of love. What is that type of love? So one is loving Allah, so the second one must be Loving somebody besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Loving someone besides uh, Allah. Does that constitute shirk? Does that necessitate shirk? Not necessarily, Ahsan. And there's tafsil to it, there's detail to it. You be kind enough to tell us what the detail is. So basically what you're saying is when you give something precedence over Allah Allah has commanded you with something There's a certain thing that you love You give that thing that you love precedence over That command of Allah Is that what you're referring to, yeah? And that is Shirk or is it haram? Yani what's the What's the hukum on it? What's the ruling on it? Shirk So for example Allah commands you is it shirk I'm saying? Not saying it is shirk, I'm saying is it shirk? For example, Allah says to you, don't eat riba. But a person loves a certain business which involves riba. Him being involved in that business now, is that shirk? No, it's not shirk. It's, it's mujarrad haram. It's haram, but no doubt it doesn't reach to the level of being shirk. However, a person having that type of love, that love that is impermissible, doesn't, doesn't necessitate shirk, is something that is the adab of the ruh, is the punishment of the soul, and it is something that brings about heaviness of the heart and uh, makes a person uh, يعني, uh, irritable and wretched and miserable. And at this point, Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami made a mention of how when the person's heart is in such a condition, that is when the different ailments come on the heart. I think that's what you were referring to, wasn't it? So what is it that you were referring to in detail? Your eyes loses your perfection. How does the eye lose its perfection? Not being able to see, excellent. So if you don't see, then we say that the eye, eye has lost its kamal, its perfection, its completion. Why? Because the eye was created in order to be able to see. Once it loses that power, that ability, that faculty to see, it loses its kamal. Ah. What else? You start feeling, if you sense discomfort. So what else was mentioned at that point? That was just the beginning part of that point. 
Ihsan. That, we're going to get to that later on. No, no, no. <laughs> that's something else. Yeah, that's another topic. We'll have a quick recap of, of what we discussed. That was from Ibn al-Qaim's uh, uh, another part in Zad al-Ma'ad. It's another part in Zad al-Ma'ad. The Fasl of Tibr al-Tibr nabawi In the section of prophetic medicine. So within that there's another section where he says and he talks about how Allah has granted Ibn Adam organs. He's given us bodily parts. And each of these organs has a state of Kamal. It has a state of perfection and completion. Once one of those organs loses the purpose for which that specific organ was created, and it loses its perfection. And once you lose perfection in your eye, in your hearing, in your tongue, in your whichever organ it is, your liver, once the thing for which it was created becomes deficient, it loses its, it loses its kamal, you're going to sense discomfort, yes. But the king of all of those organs, those a'da, those body parts, is what? The heart, ahsant, barakallahu feek. So the heart is the king of all of those organs. What is the thing for which the heart was created? The eye was created to see. The ear was created to hear. The tongue was created to speak. For what reason was the heart created? To remember Allah, to recognize its maker, to love its maker, to fear its maker, to hope, its, hope in its maker, to make dhikr of him, to be at delight in remembering him, subhanahu. That is the thing for which the heart was created. Once the heart loses that, then it loses its, its kamal, its perfection, its completion. When that happens, when the heart loses its kamal, its perfection, its completion, that is when the different ailments of the heart, sadness, distress, and so on and so forth, come assailing upon the heart, attacking the heart from all directions and establishing themselves upon the heart. That is what we referred to, that is what we were talked about last week. Mm. So how do we cure this issue? How do we cure this problem? When it is the case that a person has this tightness, this sadness, this suffocation, and so on and so forth, how does he remedy it? How does he remedy that problem? What's the cure? What's the ilaj? Sorry? By remembering Allah, making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the best form of dhikr? Quran. And there are other adhkar, adhkar as well. For example, when you enter the masjid, when you exit the masjid. And then there are some books that the Shaykh mentioned. Anybody remember some of those books? Hisn al-Muslim, that's the one that we're familiar with. Fortress of the Muslim. Imam al-Nawiz al-Adhkar. Al-Wabil al-Sayyib. Okay? Yeah. 
الوابل الصيب الكلمة الطيب these books of Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Al-Qayyim Sheikh Muhammad Aman Al-Jami made a mention of them طيب So this is the point where we almost stopped last week. This is the point that Sheikh uh, Ali was referring to. Ihsan. So Ihsan, which literally means to perfect. Ahsana yuhsinu Ihsan. To perfect. In this context, it is in reference uh, to, uh, to being kind. To being generous. So concerning this point, Ibn al-Qayyim says that the one who, has, who observes ihsan, who observes kindness and generosity, and he is the one that has the most alleviated of chests and the most pleasant of lives and the most uh, delightful heart. But the one that is stingy, tight-fisted, not generous, this type of person, he has the most bitter life and he is the one that has the greatest form of sadness and distress in his life now concerning this Ibn al-Qayyim makes a mention he says that the messenger of Allah made a mention uh, um, struck an example of the Bakhil and the Mutasaddiq Allah's messenger alayhi salatu wasalam struck an example of the stingy one and the charitable one Ibn al-Qayyim from what it seems he makes a mention of this narration uh, in meaning so we'll, we'll quote the actual narration from the narration that has been recorded in my Muslim Sahih. There are other narrations in Al-Bukhari, Tirmidhi as well. Uh, but this one here, this is the one that is most similar to the one that Ibn Al-Qayyim has quoted. And this is the hadith of Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala an, recorded by Imam Muslim. Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Mathalu al-bakhili wal-mutasaddiq مثل رجلين عليهما جنتان من حديد إذا هم المتصدق بصدقة اتسعت عليه حتى تعفي أثره, أثره وإذا هم البخيل بصدقة تقلصت عليه وانضمت يداه إلى تراقيه وانقبضت كل حلقة إلى صاحبتها قال يعني قال أبو هريرة قال فسمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول فيجهد أن يوسعها وأن يوسعها فلا يستطيع. Allah's Messenger he says in this hadith that the example of the stingy person, the tight-fisted person, the niggardly person, and likewise the example of the charitable person is like the example of two men. These two men are wearing armor made out of metal or iron. When the charitable person, i.e. the generous person, the one that wants to give in charity, he wants to give in charity. When the charitable person, when he intends to give charity, when he wants to give chari uh, in charity, when he intends to give charity, then this iron armor that's on his body, that iron armor that is made of rings, rings connected with rings, 
that iron armor on his body whenever he wants to give in charity that iron armor it expands it becomes wide upon him the iron armor is on his body tight on his body and now when he wants to give charity when he wants to give in charity when he intends to give in charity the iron armor it expands up until it obliterates and it wipes away the traces when you walk there are traces that are left behind it wipes away his traces this is the example of the charitable person then the messenger of Allah made a mention of the bakhil the stingy person but the bakhil the stingy person when he intends to give in charity then the armor it contracts upon him contracts upon his body tightens upon his body contracts upon him you've got those iron rings that your armor is made of they contract and tighten upon him and his hands his hands end up uh, joining on and getting drawing on towards his collarbone and every single ring that is on the armor ends up pulling at the, the ring that it's tied to the armor is made of rings the rings are attached one to another whenever this person wants to give in charity the armor becomes tightened and every single ring ends up tightening on the ring that is attached to it then Abu Hurairah who said that the messenger of Allah والسلام, said the stingy tight-fisted person he wants to now expand his rings on his armor he wants to expand the armor but he's unable to do so i.e. he wants to give in charity but he's unable to do so and later on from the kalam of ibn al-qayyim and imam uh, sheikh muhammad al-jami we'll see what this is in reference to but he wants to give in charity but he's unable to do so So that is the narration from the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam recorded by Imam Muslim from the hadith of Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anh, in which the Messenger of Allah struck an example concerning these two men. The charitable, generous person and the stingy, tight-fisted person. Shaykh Muhammad Iman al-Jami, he then says, Min asbabi inshirahi sadar al-ihsan ila al-khalq. وَنَفْعِهِمْ بِمَا يُمْكِنُهُ مِنَ الْمَالِ So from the avenues of a chest being remedied from the tightness is ihsan towards creation and benefiting them with what he, what he can from his wealth. He then says that ihsan is of two types. Ihsan is of two types. What did we say ihsan literally means? What does Ihsan in the Arabic language literally means? The perfect, to do well. For this reason, the first category of Ihsan that the Shaykh, Shaykh Muhammad al-Jami makes a mention of 
is al-ihsan fi ibadatillah. Observing ihsan in your worship of Allah. When you worship Allah. Meaning, worshipping Allah with perfection. Worshipping Allah with perfection and excellence. بأن تعبد الله بالعبادات المشروعة بالإخلاص وبالمتابعة that you worship Allah with the legislative acts of worship with sincerity and متابعة يعني in compliance with the sunnah as for the second category of إحسان then that is الإحسان إلى الخلق إحسان towards creation i.e. Goodness towards creation, kindness towards creation, generosity towards towards creation. Sheikh Muhammad Ibn al-Jami, he says, Al-Ihsan ila ibadillah, shukrun lillahi, alladhi an'ama alayka, wa makkanaka, litakuna yadaka, hiya al-yad al-ulya, wa'ataka, wa makkanaka, min al-infaqi wal-ihsan. Ihsan towards the slaves of Allah, towards creation, that is a form of paying gratitude and thanks to Allah. When you're good towards creation, when you're generous towards others, when you're kind towards others, that is a form of giving thanks to Allah. And who is Allah? He is the one that blessed you in the first place. He is the one that favored you in the first place. He, was the, he is the one that gave you the ability to be in the position, the favorable position that you're in, in the first place. He is the one that puts you in the position where your hand is the upper hand, rather than being the lower hand. Your hand is the upper hand, i.e. you're in a position to be able to spend upon others. He is the one that placed you in that position when you can be kind and spend and be charitable towards others. So now, once you're in that position, you have the ability to spend on others, to be kind towards others. Then when you do do that, when you do spend upon others, that act of spending upon others is an act of gratitude and thankfulness to the one who put you in that position in the first place. في الإحسان إلى الخلق شكر لله سبحانه وتعالى ورحمة وشفقة يرحم المرضى ويرحم أصحاب الحاجات والمنكوبين وكل من يحتاج إليه بما يمكنه من المال قليلا كان أو كثيرا. So being having إحسان towards creation is a form of thankfulness and gratitude towards Allah. It's a form of mercy. It's a form of compassion. Having mercy upon the sick. Having mercy upon those that are in need. Having mercy upon those that are in a situation of tragedy and calamity. And anyone and everyone that is in need, helping them with what you can help them with, of wealth, whether large or little, whether a lot or little. وَيَنْفَعُهُمْ بِجَاهِهِ بِمَا لَدَيْهِ مِنَ الْجَاهِ وَالْمَنْصِبِ يَسْتَغِلُّ جَاهَهُ وَمَنْصِبَهُ وَمَكَانَتَهُ Likewise, helping other people by 
using the status that you may have, the position that you may have. You may occupy a certain status and a certain position amongst people. Somebody that's in need, he, got, he can't get something. But you can get it for him because you're the wasita, you're the contact, you're the middleman. Because of your position and your status, you could help him out. You could put a good word in for him. So therefore, utilize that. Utilize that position that you have been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in helping others. That is a form of ihsan. Helping others in terms of your body, physically helping them. Like the example that, I, that we gave last week. For example, there is somebody from Bolton. He wants to move to a town. For example, the town of Nelson. For example. N not the other way around, no. <laughs> you could do, you could do. But what is most likely, inshallah, is that somebody from Bolton will come to you and say, Akhi, I heard about Nelson. I want to move to a town called Nelson. He has his furniture that needs moving. So you physically go help him. Physically, especially somebody like Uncle Shafiq, mashallah, Allah, mubarak alayh. Helping him with his furniture, sofa, bed. That is a form of ihsan. You can't spend your wealth because you perhaps don't have much wealth. You can't use your mansib, your position. Why? Because nobody's going to care about what I say anyhow. But physically, Allah's given you the ability to physically help someone. That is a form of ihsan. And when you observe that type of ihsan, فَإِنَّ الْكَرِيمَ الْمُحْسِنَ أَشْرَحُ النَّاسِ صَدْرًا وَأَطْيَبُهُمْ نَفْسًا The one that is kareem, the one that is generous, and muhsin, is benevolent, this type of person, he has the most expanded of chest, the spacious of chest, meaning he has the most relaxed chest, and he has the most pleasant soul. Why? لِأَنَّهُ أَرْضَ اللَّهَ بِهَذَا الْإِحْسَانِ why does he have this relaxed chest? Doesn't have a penny on him. But he helps people with any way that he finds possible. Why is it, this, why is it the case that this person who doesn't have a penny on him, but he tries to observe ihsan towards others, that he has the most relaxed chest? Because he has pleased Allah by way of this ihsan. He has pleased Allah by delivering people from the tragedy that they may be in and from fulfilling a need of theirs. Tayyip, so we'll pray Maghrib and then we'll continue after Maghrib. Allah Ta'ala A'lim wa Allah Ta'ala A'lam wa sallallahu ma'ala Muhammad wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahir rabbil alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihil kareem. نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين وبعد. so continuing with where we left off before the salah. we stopped when Sheikh Muhammad Imam Jami was commenting upon a statement of Ibn Qayyim that the one that is generous and kind and he is muhsin, he is the one that has the most alleviated and relaxed chest amongst humankind. <clears throat> and I'm sure we can all think of examples of people like that. People that, even though they might not have had a lot of wealth, even though they might not have a lot of uh, 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 material possessions, but they're still generous. And even though they don't have much material possessions, because of that generosity that they practice, they are nice, kind, easygoing, happy people. 
I remember once uh, when uh, in Yemen there was a brother and this brother literally there was a point when he had nothing and I say nothing I mean just the phobe that was on his back because on Eid uh, Eid al-Fitr after Eid al-Fitr at the night when it was night time I was in my room and I smelt some smoke thick smoke so I'm thinking what is this smoke so I come out of my hut and I go down my steps and I try to go into the pathway but the smoke was too much and to cut a long story short <coughs> this brother from one of a brother from America and he was he was living in this mud hut with two other brothers from America. On the Eid day, their room, which was their house basically, was set on fire. It was, it went up in flames. The curtain caught some fire, and it burnt the whole room. Burnt all of their clothes. Burnt their wallets. Burnt their passports. Burnt everything. Everything, these three brothers from America, living in a mud hut anyway, with no water, nothing like this, no running water. But the point is, is that he had nothing, just a shirt on his back. In spite of that, in spite of that, once some money came through the uh, Habshil, I'm sure you've heard of it, huh? Yeah. Once some money came through, there was a Western Union there. And they had to go from, they had to go to Sa'da, which is a village, which is the, you could say the town, the main town, outside of, outside of the village. Somebody had to go to Sa'da to get some money that someone had sent from America at the Habshil. So now anyhow, when he gets the money, me and him one day were walking in an alleyway. While he's happy, alhamdulillah, he's saying Ali, or he's saying Ali man. He's American, obviously, and he's saying, I've got all of these, this money, alhamdulillah, I'm so happy, because he literally had no money at all. Just a shirt on his back. <clears throat> once we got into the alley, once we got into the alleyway, nobody's there, he takes out some uh, riyals, I forgot how many Yemeni riyals it was. He takes out, you know, when, when you're over there, then <laughs> any amount is, is, is a lot. He takes out some... Yemeni Riyals, and he goes, Ali, here, man, I want you to have this. So I said, brother, I can't take this. I didn't need it, anyhow. He goes, no, and he looked at me. Akhi, what, what are you talking about? No, I want to give this to you. I want to give this to you, man. <laughs> Excuse me. I want to give this to you, man. So anyway, he gives me the money. Happy. Another occasion, the same brother, uh, each country has to cook. So, that, for example, on Monday... Uh, it is the Westerners that have to cook for the, all the students. On Tuesday, it is the brothers from Libya. On uh, Wednesday, it's the brothers from, um, for example, Senegal, and so on and so forth, right? <coughs> so we're in the kitchen, and it was our turn to cook. And I'm saying, where is so-and-so? Where is so-and-so? And he's downstairs, and he's reciting his Quran. And he's wearing a kufi like mine, white kufi, but it's got holes inside of it. And he's there, and I start talking with him. And I remember very clearly, I'm looking at his kufi, ripped up kufi. And he's saying, Ali, 
Allah's being generous to me, man. Allah's being so good to me. He's answered all of my du'as. A man who, you know, hardly has any clothes. Uh, no money, passport gone, room burnt. He had, he had a typhoid. So, yani, uh, uh, urinating blood, I remember. He's urinating blood at times. Huh? He'd walk from the masjid back to the, uh, his room and he'd have to stop at times because his back would be in pain. He'd have to lie on the ground. So point being is that in spite of all, all of this, I saw him to be, and Allah is his hasib, Allah is his reckoner, we don't praise anybody above Allah, but this is just an example. Somebody, who even though he doesn't have anything, literally anything, but he's still generous with, with, with whatever he is able to be generous with, uh, with money when he has money, with, uh, with uh, a smile and so on and so forth, kindness and what have you. And because of that, he was a happy man, happy, nice, relaxed. I think some of the brothers used to call him Smiler, because he's smiling all the time. So the point being, that is one example, and I'm sure all of you can think of similar examples of people that you know of, that because they are generous people, they're not tight-fisted people. They might not have a lot, but they're generous. And in spite of them giving from what they have, it's as though they have everything, they're content. This is a fruit and as a, is a result of Ihsan. And then uh, Ibn Al-Qayyim he says, وَأَمَّا الْبَخِيلِ الَّذِي لَيْسَ فِيهِ إِحْسَانِ فَهُوَ أَضْيَقُ النَّاسِ صَدْرًا وَأَنْكَدُهُمْ عَيْشًا وَأَعْظَمُهُمْ هَمًّا وَغَمًّا as for the stingy person, the one that doesn't have any characteristic of being kind and generous, he is the one that has the heaviest chest. He is the one that lives the most bitter life. He is the one that possesses the greatest amount of distress and sadness. Why? Sheikh Muhammad Aman al Jami he says, Lianahu khalafa al fitra, wa khalafa al ma'akul, wa khalafa al shara. Because this type of person, he's gone against fitra, he's gone against natural disposition, he's gone, he's gone against common sense, he's gone against the legislation, what Allah has legislated. لِذَٰلِكَ ضَمِيرُهُ يُؤَنِّبُهُ For that reason, his heart rebukes him, reproaches him, blames him. You want to spend, and then the heart says to him, What are you spending for? Don't spend. Look at you. Why do you need to spend? That's your money. Keep your cash to yourself. لِذَٰلِكَ يَحْمِلَ الْهَمُ وَالْغَمُ for that reason, he carries this state of being in a state of grief and distress. وَالْبُخُلْ وَالشُّحْ لَا يُمَكِّنُهُ أَنْ يَمُدَّ يَدَ الْإِحْسَانِ إلَى عِبَادِ اللَّهِ It says عِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ Whoever has a copy in front of them, I think that's a printing mistake. إلَى عِبَادِ اللَّهِ Stinginess and niggardliness does not 
allow him to extend his hand in being kind and generous towards the slaves of Allah. وَيَكُونُ قَلَقًا بَيْنَ إِرْضَاءِ بُخْلِهِ وَبَيْنَ مَا يُحِسُّهُ مِنْ عِتَابِ ضَمِيرِهِ So this type of person is in a state of trouble and uneasiness in between trying to satisfy his greed and his stinginess and his niggardliness and likewise between what he senses and he perceives from the blame and reproach that his heart practices upon him. The heart says, don't give in charity. This person, he is somebody that wants to satisfy his stinginess. And even if it is the case that he may want to give, then his heart will reproach him. Because of the type of heart that he has, his heart will reproach him and blame him and reprimand him and scold him and rebuke him for giving in charity. And then Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami, he essentially, uh, he uh, uh, repeats the hadith that we mentioned earlier. Not in wording, but in meaning. يعني, he uh, mentions the fact that the Messenger of Allah والسلام, gave us the example of the charitable one and the stingy one. And we all know the hadith because we went over it earlier. So then Sheikh Muhammad Amal al-Jami, he says, وَيُنْفِقْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالْعَلَانِيَةِ وَلَا يُنْفِقْ رِيَاءً وَسُمْعًا This person who gives in charity, he spends in the path of Allah, in secret and in open. And he doesn't spend in order to be seen and in order to be heard. Sheikh Muhammad Amal al-Jami, he then uh, goes on to say, البخل يلازم الجبن وَالْكَرَمْ يُلَازِمْ الشُّجَاعَةِ It's a very important point. Stinginess, يُلَازِمْ It is inseparable from, it necessitates, and thus is inseparable. From what? From coward, uh, cowardness. From being a coward, from cowardliness. يعني, being stingy necessitates cowardliness. Just as generosity necessitates and is inseparable from courage and bravery. إِذَا رَأَيْتَ كَرِيمًا سَخِيًّا فَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّهُ شُجَاعٌ If you see somebody who is generous, open-handed, giving, then know that he is brave, he is courageous. وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ بَخِيلًا شَحِيحًا فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ جَبَانٌ But if it's the case that you see someone who is stingy, niggardly, tight-fisted, then know that he is a coward. هَكَذَا أَثْبَتَتْ أَتَّجَارُبَ أَتَّلَازُمُ كَمَا سَيَأْتِي So we know via experience and via what we witnessed, that this type of necessity, this type of inseparable uh, 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 thing exists. That stinginess necessitates and is inseparable from being a coward. Just like being uh, open-handed and generous and kind and giving 
this is something that necessitates that you are a courageous and brave person. For that reason, Ibn al-Qayyim, he says, in the next avenue, in the next suburb that brings about relaxation of the chest, so, so far he's gone through many different avenues that bring about relaxation of the chest. Tawheed, Huda, Nur of Iman, Ilm, Love of Allah, Dhikr of Allah, being muhsin, being charitable and giving and kind. So among those means and avenues that bring about relaxation to the person in his life, in his chest, in his heart, in his soul, is وَمِنْهَا from among those avenues that bring about relaxation to your chest is bravery. Because the brave, courageous one, he has a, an expanded chest. He is somebody who is easygoing. He's easygoing. He's somebody that has a big heart. As for the one that is a coward, and he has a tightest chest. He has the most heavy heart. No joy, no happiness, no delight, no bliss does he ever experience. Who? The coward. Coward doesn't experience any type of bliss, happiness or joy or relaxation. No. The only type of relaxation that he experiences, the only type of joy and happiness that he has any type of delight in, is the form of happiness that is suitable for the beastly animals. As for happiness of your soul, delight of your soul, bliss of your soul, joy of your soul, then every single coward is denied that. Every single coward is denied the ability to have happiness of the soul. Just as every stingy person, every stingy tight-fisted man, every stingy tight-fisted woman is denied having any happiness in his or her life. وَعَلَى كُلِّ مُعْرِذٍ عَنِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى غَافِلٍ عَنْ ذِكْرِهِ جَاهِلٍ بِهِ وَبِأَسْمَائِهِ تَعَالَى وَصِفَاتِهِ وَدِينِهِ مُتَعَلِّقَ الْقَلْبِ بِغَيْرِهِ just, just as that happiness of the soul is denied for every single one that turns away from Allah turns away or the one that is heedless from remembering Allah. Just as every single one that is jahil about Allah is denied that pleasure. Just like everyone that is jahil 
about the names of Allah is denied that happiness. Jahil, ignorance about the attributes of Allah, ignorance about the deen of Allah, having his heart attached to those besides Allah, he is denied from that surur of the ruh. He is denied the pleasure of having that happiness of the soul. This is a very important point. The one that is charitable, the one that gives in charity and is kind. This type of person, the happiness that his soul has in this life, the bliss that his soul experiences in this life, that bliss, that enjoyment, that happiness, it transforms, it converts, it turns into, it becomes in his grave, Jannah. It becomes a garden, a riyadh in his grave. I.e., that bliss that you experienced in this life by having been charitable, by having been brave, that will then turn into a Jannah in your grave, a garden in your, in your grave. But then in a similar fashion, وَذَلِكَ الضِّيقُ وَالْحَصَرُ يَنْقَلِبُ فِي الْقَبَرُ عَذَابًا وَسِجْنًا And that tightness, that tightness and that suffocation that you feel right now in this dunya because you're stingy, because you're a coward, that tightness that you, that you experience because you're a coward, because you're a stingy person, that is going to convert, that is going to turn into, it's going to turn into imprisonment, tightness, punishment, torture, torment, when you're in your grave. This is the qa'ida. This is the principle. فَحَالُ الْعَبْدِ فِي الْقَبَرِ فَحَالِ الْقَلْبِ فِي الصَّدَرِ نَعِيمًا وَعَذَابًا سِجْنًا وَانْطِلَاقًا principle the condition of your heart while it is inside of your chest in this life that is how the condition of your grave is going to be in the next life whether it's bliss or torment whether it's freedom or imprisonment وَلَا عِبْرَى بِنْ شِرَاحِ صَدْرِ هَذَا لِعَارِذٍ وَلَا بِضِيقِ صَدْرٍ وَلَا بِضِيقِ صَدْرِ هَذَا لِعَارِذٍ And we're still on the statement of Ibn Al-Qayyim. We haven't gone to the sharh of Shaykh Muhammad Amman Al-Jami. This is nothing other than a translation of the statement of Ibn Al-Qayyim. When he says, No consideration is given to the relaxation of the chest of this person, of this brave, courageous, charitable person, no consideration is given to his relaxation due to an, an external factor. And neither is any consideration given to the tightness of the chest of this person, the one that is uh, stingy and a coward, no consideration is given to the tightness of his chest because of an external factor. 
It's not because of an external factor that this person's chest is expanded. It's not because of an external factor that this person's chest is tight and suffocating. Because external factors, they become eliminated, they vanish away whenever the cause behind those external factors vanish away. So the only thing that is given any type of consideration is the underlying characteristic that is established within the slave of the within the heart of that person, which then brings about either the relaxation of his chest or the confinement of his chest. That is the scale by which it is measured, that is the scale by which the person's relaxation or otherwise is measured, and Allah is the one from whom aid is sought. That is the statement of Ibn al-Qayyim. No doubt it needs further elaboration to understand what he's talking, what he's saying here. It needs some commentary, it needs some explanation. But I think we shall go into that explanation next week, insha'Allah ta'ala. So we'll conclude at this point and then continue next week, insha'Allah ta'ala. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ma'ala nabiyyina Muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.